Jonathan Smith, your host here at Shooting the Schmidt. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is coming out a day late. I meant to get out my Cowboys Bucks review yesterday, but just got busy. Life is just crazy right now. And I'll be honest, I didn't watch this entire game. Didn't have to. I, I think it was fairly obvious. You know, in the beginning, both offenses got off to kind of a rough start. Both defenses looked really good. But then once that got going, I think it was very obvious how much better the Cowboys were than the Bucks, right? And which just makes sense, right? Like when you come into the playoffs with a losing record, like of course you're going to lose, okay? Like you've been consistently bad all year long if you come in with a losing record. That on top of just all the injuries to the Buccaneers offensive line, they still had a few injuries on defense as well. Taking on this really good Cowboys team who's been good all year, you know, fun fact, if you win 12 games, you're probably pretty good unless you're the Minnesota Vikings. But yeah, like like I, as I was saying, the Cowboys, they just looked really good, right? Pollard looked really good. Dak looked awesome. He looked a little rough to start, but obviously, you know, finishes the game with five total touchdowns, one rushing, four passing. Um, he looked really good, right? The uh, the turning point in the game, I think, was pretty obvious. The red zone interception by Tom Brady, right? So, you know, the Cowboys marched down the field. They score. They go up 6-0 because Matt Bayer couldn't make an extra point to save his life. Anyway... The Bucks get the ball back. They march it right down the field, and then Brady throws the absolutely terrible interception in the back of the end zone. It was just a really weird throw. I think he was trying to like throw it where like Chris Godwin could go get it, but nobody else could. And obviously, he just didn't get quite enough on it. And then you know the Cowboys come away with the pick. And from there, I mean, it was just it was bad, right? The Cowboys really got rolling offensively. As I said, Pollard looked really good. Dak obviously played really well. It was really interesting, kind of see the development of the game for him as. Early on, you could tell they didn't, I wouldn't say they didn't fully trust him, but definitely like a shorter passing game, weren't really pushing it down the field. But by the end of the game, they were really kind of starting to let it go. And then obviously, you know, if you've got the fourth and goal bootleg uh, in the second quarter with about six minutes left uh, for a touchdown, which followed the Brady pick, you know, that's a nine to 13 point swing. As once again, the Cowboys kicker missed another PAT. You got to feel bad for him, missing four straight PATs in a game. I mean, that's. That's honestly hilarious. I feel bad for all the betters on that game. Uh, if you missed your bet because, you know, the Cowboys kicker couldn't make a field goal. But yeah, but, you know, after that drive, that's kind of really where Dak settled in, ended up having 11 straight completions uh, in the second quarter. I mean, he played really well. And here's the thing, right? Like, when you look at, when you look at the game, ultimately, here's what happened. Tampa Bay came into the game one-dimensional. You knew they weren't going to be able to run the football when you know when you're facing a team that you know can't run the ball and you have a pass rush like the Cowboys, as I said beforehand, you just pin your ears back and you go get them, and then you you you're more than likely to win, and that's exactly what happened. They pressured Tom Brady the entire game. Meanwhile, Dallas was multi-dimensional. They ran the ball well. Dak looked really good throwing the ball. I mean, all in all, the better team won. Simple as that. Now Dallas gets to head up to San Francisco and probably get beat by the 49ers. But here's the thing. With this game being over, now with this opens up the can of worms that is, where's Tom Brady going to go? His contract is up. The way that he addressed the media after the game was really interesting, thanking them for their time, telling them how hard their job is, thanking them for how good they had been to him and how well they had accepted him when he came in. It felt very goodbye-ish. Okay, it didn't feel like a, yeah, like, I'll see you guys next year kind of thing. It felt very much like a, this is the last time you guys are going to have me because next year I'm going to be playing somewhere else. And there's really only, from what I can tell, I think there's really only two obvious options on where he goes. Option number one, the Las Vegas Raiders, right? Like, they clearly had the weapons, right? Uh, Waller, Devontae Adams, 
uh, Hunter Renfro. I mean, just so many dudes who can really play, right? The other option is also in Florida at Miami. And my buddy Colt texted me last night, and he made just the best proposition ever, something that I had been thinking about. He just put it into words before I did. He texted me and said, the Dolphins trade Tua slash Tua retires for obvious medical reasons, which I think is the best outcome for everybody. Miami then goes and signs Tom Brady. And then after that, they go draft Hendon Hooker, which is what I really want them to do. Go take him in the second round, please. They do that. Long night last night, sorry. Um, They do that, right? They go go sign Tom Brady, go draft Hendon Hooker, let him develop behind Brady, right? Because you give him the full year to recover from the ACL, and then you give him potentially another year, depending on how much Brady has left in the tank. It's probably only one or two more years. Then you give him another year of sitting behind Brady and doing all these different things, you know, giving him reps with the ones and things like that when Brady doesn't show up to practice, all of those different types of things. And so that, I think, is the best scenario, right? If not... You know, we'll see what Miami ends up doing with Tua. I know they came out and said that they plan on keeping him and that he was a starting quarterback for next year, but we have a long time before before next year starts, so we'll see what ends up happening with all that. It'll be interesting to see where Brady ends up because outside of those two places, I just don't know where else he would go where they're ready to win immediately. Maybe Detroit, but I think Detroit actually really likes Jared Goff and they like the idea of having him there for more than just like a year or two, right? So it'll be very interesting to see where Tom Brady ends up. And that's here's the other thing too about the Las Vegas about him ending up in Las Vegas. They don't have a defense. Like the Raiders defense is awful. It's really bad. Right? So does that maybe sway him to go into Miami whose defense isn't great, but is definitely better than Las Vegas's, right? Like we saw them really kind of show out in terms of being able to force turnovers against the Bills. They had a few consistent performances from earlier this year. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening. We'll see what ends up happening with Tom Brady. I can tell you this: I don't think he's going to be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer next year. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they end up doing. So really short episode today. I'll be back on Friday with a whole entire breakdown. Hoping to get Zach Gray on here at some point sooner rather than later, just to talk football and, and catch up with him. So that's going to do it here. At Shooting the Schmidt. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I will talk to you guys on Friday.